What's up, everybody? Zach Witovich here on The Building Code with my friend and colleague and my best friend, Charlie Bertwistle. <laughs> wow, BT buds, Zach and Charlie. I'm Charlie Bertwistle, a uh, very honored co-host of The Building Code here. Just really, you know, flourishing in our relationship. Thought I'd share a little bit of love here on the intro. I appreciate that, Zach. Who do we have today, Charlie? We have Paul Day um, coming to us live all the way from Tribodeau, Louisiana. Uh, he works for uh, Crystal A. Holmes, uh, who is his father, founded the company 40 years ago. I think their 40th anniversary is coming up this year. So uh, very, very uh, a long-standing business. Uh, huge, you know, has a big uh, impact on the community down there. Uh, hopefully we get to dive into that a little bit, just kind of the client relationships that they have and how they've managed to keep this you know, business going for 40 years. They've been with Builder Trend for a long time, too. So I'm interested to kind of hear the, the genesis of how they got started and where they're at today. As we know, it's a process. So let's get Paul in here and let's start talking about it. Paul, welcome to The Building Code. We're extremely excited to have you here today. You know, you're a bit of a, a legend here at Builder Trend. I was talking to some people before the episode, and I was like, yeah, we have uh, Paul from uh, Chris Ledet Homes. And they're like, I know him. I trained him seven years ago. And like all these people knew who you were. You've been to Builder Trend University multiple times. So this is... Yeah. This is special status on the on the building code today. Honestly, Welcome. on us for not getting you on sooner. <laughs> yeah, absolute <laughs> great absolute point. Absolute pleasure, Paul. On Danielle. Yeah, our coordinator <laughs> over here. For those of uh, uh, our listeners that aren't lucky enough to know you, can you tell us, you know, just a little bit about yourself uh, and your background, Paul? Yeah, man. Uh, well, thanks for having me. And that's <laughs> intro is pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> I, I, w- I would say everybody, everybody there, build a trend. I'm in it. I'll probably talk with everybody. I mean, they're like family to me and, you know, they've really pushed us along. So, uh, and we're, where we're at today for everybody there. So we thank y'all of course. Um, so a little bit about me, I guess, um, I started, well, our company is a 40 year old company, uh, almost might be 40 next year. Um, my dad started it, um, you know, long ago and I started with him about 10 years ago and, um, you know, I, I, I had a, um, I have a construction management degree and I, uh, graduated from LSU, Tigers and Knew it was we, coming. uh, <laughs> and then I went to work in New Orleans and I just hated it, you know, and I was, I was fishing a lot and I was, you know, working and, um, my dad was like, look, why don't you just move home? I can keep you busy for one year. And I just took a leap of faith, you know, and went, uh, moved down here from New Orleans and then, um, we worked for about a year and a half, and then we ended up finding Builder Trend up in, um, you know, up in at Las Vegas, and uh, kind of hit. That's where we kind of started with uh, with Builder Trend, and then um, that kind of just became my baby for the last, for the next several years, and uh, we've really started to implement each part of the program and um, with our customers and uh, the way we do business. And um, about four years ago, I took over. Um, uh, from my dad and uh now i got him working for me which is nice um, <laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> but i mean we got him you know 40 years of mistakes is what we call it you know, a lot of experience so um yeah and that's good so we have now been here and uh what i thought was just a w- one year maybe a stepping stone ended up being 10 years i think this is my 10 year now that i've been here and um got a nice little family that we that I'm born and raised here. I had two little girls, and I got a third girl on the way. So, uh, congrats! Pretty excited. Yeah, 
uh, two dogs and um, kind of starting to, you know, really put some solid roots here um, or back here, I should say. Um, and we've really been enjoying it. So I, I got to ask, I just love hearing the stories of how these construction companies get started. I mean, 40 years is an incredible amount of time that your your dad put in. Yeah. What brought him to home building? I mean, what was his kind of what got him there? So um, he's an accountant by uh, by trade. And um, we're a big oil field town here. Obviously, back in the 80s, home of Thibodeau was a pretty popping area. And um, he worked for this big oil field company and they put him on a boat, put him at the bow of the boat and, you know, getting seasick. I got a CPA for this. Just, yeah. yeah, you know, and just hated it. And they stuck him in a cubicle and he just, um, man, he just didn't like it. And uh, so he went into real, real estate. And uh, he had a he had a brother-in-law that was uh, in the business, kind of in home building. And they were like, "Oh, Chris, you can do it." And then he just kind of started doing it. And he just based up he knew numbers, yeah. and then he knew customer service, you know. And and you got to know my dad. I mean, he he's been cutting grass since he was nine years old. You know, he used to carry a little push mower on his bike, and uh, you know, he's well he always driven. You know, that whole generation is a kind of a different breed. But he. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, that's kind of what he built it on was, you know, he knew numbers and he knew customer service and that's, that's kind of where it took off, you know, and there, he started uh, building, started building. Those are know. two key parts of running a, a good business though. I mean, it shows obviously <laughs> it worked. The formula's there. I'm, I'm not sure he probably yeah. thought someday my son will be putting me at the desk again to do accounting <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is you're having yeah, to do yeah. these days. But, uh, that's an so awesome story. Loved- yeah, no, and it, and it really has. It's been it's been awesome. You know, we kind of, you know, I, I, the first two years we both didn't think that we were going to make it together. Um, <laughs> Can't imagine. And I think one, I think after about six months of starting, I just said, "You got to just let me fail." You know, you got to just let me go. And I would think that was the best thing we ever did. We kind of just kind of let me stumble, and um, and then. Uh, I really, I mean, I'm not just saying this, but I think builder trend was kind of a pivotal point for us because we were just all over the place with, um, you know, office, just junk and paper and billing. It just was, it was a mess. Um, and it just made things easier for us to where we weren't down each other's throats the whole time. Um, and it gave us our space cause we, obviously we can work from wherever. Um, but and, yeah. and obviously it's paid off for you guys. Um, you know, you guys have mm-hmm. a very successful business. Uh, you've mentioned customer service a couple different times now. I was actually on your website today doing a little research and that's mm-hmm. something that you guys really stress, you know, in uh, customer facing uh, type, you know, marketing promotions and stuff like that is the customer service, the client relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, how has that kind of aspect of your business uh, contributed to, you know, the longevity one forty years, but also the successfulness uh, of your company? Mm-hmm. So, I'll give you an example of kind of what my dad kind of built his um, whole business off of is, you know, obviously Hurricane Ida just kind of ripped through our area, you know, the eye wall passing maybe 10 miles away from here. And, you know, we had several several calls into our office, um, you know, hey, Chris, you built my house in 1978 or something like, you know, 1981. And you know, we want you to 
can you help us just direct this on this or direct this on that? And people know we've had, I could, there's probably a hundred phone calls like that. You know, and you, and you feel bad, you, you try to help them all. And I'm sorry if we didn't get to everybody yet. Um, but that just goes to show you where people are calling in, knowing that, you know, dad was always there or Chris Lee Holmes was always there to, even if it was just to give information or pass on any, anything, uh, identifying what roof we put on their house in 1990, or we had all of these files that we just, we just continue the service after the sale. And that was one thing that my dad always harped on. Um, we want to be a, we want to be a place where people can call us back and help get, you know, their five-year-old refrigerator replaced, you know, if they're not capable of doing it on their own or setting up, you know, service calls or whatever uh, it may be. And so that's kind of played a really a big role in our success, I think. So I love hearing there. When I was traveling for Builder Trend, I would talk to these businesses. And there's so many stories like this where you have family at the center of it, community. Mm-hmm. I don't think construction gets that reputation broader, like across the public. But when you find a builder who mm-hmm. has that culture and that impact, it is it is truly heartwarming. I mean, I'm like kind of getting emotional about it. It's right. weird, but, uh, it's, it, that's just incredible. Um, you know, and it just goes to show that with, with the customer, when we always preach it, but preach the builder trend, like we want to help people with everything. Um, how is builder trend fit into that? You know, it's, it's important to be uh, accessible, but there's balance of course. And, and builder trend obviously right. has technology capabilities. So what, how do you guys use it? What, what does that look like for you now with the way that you do things and the way that builder trend maybe changed it? Um, I knew builder trend was a, was a, was a go from the start. Um, just from our first interview at, uh, Las Vegas was, you know, just open arms. And that's kind of how we treat our customers. Look, whatever you need, you know, and people are always like, well, what does it cost? Like it costs nothing. Just call me. We just want to be a soundboard for you. And that's how my relationship developed with builder trend. Um, Hey, look, we're here. If you got questions, whatever, open arms, whatever. And it just was great. And that's kind of how we, we, you know, we were able to, um, you know, have that relationship with y'all. And I guess going forward, uh, how it's changed with our customers. I will say though, that, um, technology is a double-edged sword because um the intention i find with technology is or or what happens is you kind of lose a lot of face-to-face or one-on-one phone conversation and if you're not aware of that um and sometimes i have to remind the girls or myself even hey just pick up the phone and call them um and oftentimes that that goes a lot further than a message through the program. Um, now I will say though, those conversations, we have a lot less of those conversations because everything's so streamlined and so organized. I find that, uh, we're, we're having less like issues, uh, where a, a one-on-one conversation is necessary. Yeah. They're just happy. But uh, <laughs> for the most part, me, people are just happier. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, so it's, it's good. Um, and it, so it really fit in our dynamic, um, and we just had to, um, you know, make sure we're still having that engagement with our customer face to face or on the phone call. So we were just talking to our last guest about that exact concept. He was a, a digital 
marketing specialist who helps contractors. And we were talking about the automation of the construction industry. And we, mm-hmm. we were just discussing just, this is so funny. Like, how do you balance the coldness of convenience, speed? And, and that's kind of what customers expect is a fast experience with the handholding, making sure they're taken care of, making feel like they're being, you know, recept or being received well, you know? Um, so it sounds like you guys have found that balance though, that you're still able to call people, but you're not, Mm -hmm. you're not just, you know, ignoring them either or giving them nothing. That's right. Usually the phone calls for, you know, just to have a conversation and talk it out. Um, I've got a guy right now that it's, you know, I'm like, look, whatever you, you can put whatever you want through the, the program but like man don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call me and what we started doing is offering people we have different stages that we're picking selections out and we're kind of grouped them in you know five or six groups or whatever and we're starting to offer like a like a round table meeting if they want to talk it out their finishes and just are unsure things and that's no one's really taking us up on that but just having that out there has opened up the door for just general conversation so it kind of take that like, you know, that rigid just because we're like a machine, we're an oil machine. And sometimes they, you know, you still got to throw that personal aspect in it, you know, so. Have you guys set up any other, that, that's a really interesting concept on a, of a very, very specific part of the, the home building process. Any other uh, kind of ideas or new concepts that you guys are toying with where like, oh, like introducing selections at this point um, works really, really well, or hey, a phone call here works well, or uh, where do you guys think maybe some areas that some builders, you know, may be failing or, or, or misstepping with the relationship with the homeowner where you guys have found kind of a unique solution to that? I, I would say that um, they, they're missing out on the, the, the ability to be transparent with with their their customer. Um, I, w- I would find that the more transparent you are with having your selections or allowances open and available and my vendors are uploading quotes that they can view. I mean, that goes a long way um, for an owner to be able to, you know, a flooring selection to be able to click through there and they can see basically exactly the labor amount, the flooring amount, the square footage, the labor rate, the flooring rate. And they just give them a better sense of um, uh, trust, uh, I suppose. And I know, not everybody does that and that may be a weird concept for some builders but when you open that door to to have that kind of that trust and communication um i find that the jobs generally go a lot smoother um to make sure they're getting what they paid for you know so that's what i would say uh, i'm intrigued you said your vendors log into builder trend and upload the quotes you don't do it for them I don't do it for them. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of builders like, how did you manage that? <laughs> I, I look, I'm not, we're not a hundred percent, but we're, I would say we're probably 80% where they hey, do wow. it. And it's nice. And you know, they're bidding for us and uploading bids and stuff. And, um, look, it took, it didn't happen overnight. It took a couple of, a couple of meetings and some beers and some, you know, some training to go over it and, you know, and look, we we have the best, some of the best, uh, you know, I, I would call them our, you know, working partners, partners, you know, our subs and vendors are some of the best crews that we have, um, in the area. And, um, you know, once they kind of, and I use the word buy-in, not financially, but just, you know, put in the time, 
uh, they're realizing that it's it's a savior on them too, and it's a really clean. Um, I got one, my floor guy, who he and I are friends. We actually do the podcast together, Josh, and he was probably one of the first vendors that really kind of they took off, and they were like, I mean, it's amazing just the the level of um, efficiency, and that's when it kind of clicked for me. Like if everybody did this, it just takes a lot of work off of us. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. Uh, I, Zach and I both kind of shared a glance. I think when you said eighty percent of your your vendors are logging in, and you have that kind of relationship yeah. with them. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you have some people reaching out to you after this episode to get some advice <laughs> hey, from how you. Did you like how many how many beers did it take? <laughs> exactly, how many beers did it take for you to get them to do this? And also, you did mention yeah. you did mention the podcast again. That's you know we were talking about it before. I feel like you have to give it a shout out now. <laughs> yeah, man, check it out. The wasted hour. Um, you can find us on any major platform if you want uh it's nothing about building but uh it, it does give my my friend and i i mean and the people that we've had on have a lot of good insight which i would think help any body business in business um whether you're a builder or whatnot so yeah thank you <laughs> heck yeah the wasted hour i'm gonna check it out for sure uh check it out back to home building and the client relationship now the You've mentioned kind of a few kind of key aspects of the entire build, whether that's, you know, the initial bidding process, you know, the selection process. Uh, we even mentioned kind of the lead process a little bit as well, too. Where do you find that the the client communication and that relationship is kind of the gets put to the test the most? Is it when you're initially reaching out to them trying to sell them or is it when, hey, you need to pick out these selections, we're going to put them in your house? Like, where do you find uh, kind of the biggest test there? the relationship would be the punch out phase probably i mean that's the that is the ultimate test of um and it just gets you know people ready to move in and we're ready to be done we kind of get you know uh relationship fatigue you know you're dealing with somebody eight ten months twelve months uh custom bill they're kind of worn out um i wouldn't say i wouldn't admit that we were worn out but we're you know, we're trying to get these subs and get these things wrapped up and tensions are usually high. So, um, I would say that would be definitely the, the part where it gets put to the test, you know, what, what do you do to try and ease their anxiety in the punch out phase? If that's kind of the, the moment zero where it's like, we need to execute, what are you doing to help alleviate the tension? Um, well, the last, last two years have been pretty weird with, um, with COVID, um, you know, lots of loose ends that are way more loose ends than normal. Uh, things taking the lead times are taking forever. And, you know, you're trying to move them in without appliances and stuff. Uh, managing their expectations is the um, kind of the key. And when, but even then we're trying to manage them and we're wrong several times, um, you know, cause we rely on information too, but really just trying to manage their expectations and trying to set deadlines, but not, you know, they look, we, we're trying to commit to this two weeks, but, you know, we want it to be finished before you move in. Um, that was a, that was a real tough one for us this past year. Um, we've had a few stack on each other, mostly due to COVID and then tremendous amount of loose ends that, you know, they were ready to move in and we're ready to have them move in. And, uh, that would be, that was a tough one, but mostly we do pretty good. Yeah, the uh, managing expectations and just time frame and things like that. I feel like that's a common theme, uh, obviously, especially yeah. the, the past year that Zach and I have been hosting the pod here that we're talking to, you know, 
from the from the suppliers to the home builders to the subcontractors to the owners everyone that we talk about what a kind of key aspect that is um do you mm-hmm. guys uh how how much of the like scheduling um and layout of the the build process do you guys expose to the homeowners do you keep that pretty close to the chest or do you have them reference that quite a bit it's visible um and it's uh, they can see the whole project from the beginning to the end uh from the start of the job uh lately i've been um telling people for the last year and a half that this is just a guide (laughs) and this is what you know our expectations are this is what we'll strive for but you know um the world's just really different right now and i would say that a hundred percent of my customers have been um pretty cool about it um and they understand um and then we just had the hurricane rip through here which kind of even made it made it worse but um but i think what it's doing is is giving people a lot of patience uh, we'll see how long that lasts right? because <laughs> it usually doesn't last very long, but, um, that was what popped into again. my head. You know, you're mid construction <laughs> and a hurricane hits like what, what happens? What do you do? Well, I'll tell you what I did for the first four weeks. Well, well, I'll tell you, I left here. Um, I kind of freaked out last on Saturday morning, right before the storm hit the day before the storm hit, um, went to Houston, my wife and I got a two year old and a four year old. My wife's pregnant now. And, um, you know, it was just kind of, you just felt like I just woke up, felt like I get out of here. Well, I also left seven projects here that I knew I had, we had them all set up, ready to go. Um, but I drove back Monday morning. I was in Thibodeau for 9am right after the storm hit. So they were clearing the roads in front of me as I was pulling in and then they shut down. You couldn't get into the city or to our town. Um, and man, you just, we're, I mean, uh, hundreds of phone calls, roofs leaking, tarp my roof. And I called my roofer and, you know, we just, we tarp roofs for oh, probably a week and a half, you know, probably did a hundred roofs, maybe more, uh, mostly with all my neighbors my and my friends, uh, my previous customers and just tried to, to get them. And that's what you did for a whole week. And then you're just in survival mode. I mean, it's terrible. The first three weeks were just, you're just trying to pick up, you know, pick up your friends, places, my brother, my parents, uh, your, anybody you can help with. And it's pretty cool. Our community kind of came together. Uh, we were without power for 14 days. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so, uh, I had to, luckily I had the forethought to, I've got some projects down in deep Homa that, that didn't get power for 20 something days. And um, some of my crews are ready to go back to work. So I had generators and fuel and, you know, had to get all that laid out. And, you know, then you're trying to see, cause during Katrina, you know, you lost a major sub base overnight. They, they picked up and left. Uh, we were very fortunate that all of our subs and vendors have, have been or back on track with us uh, for our new builds. I tried to explain to my customers that we're going to stick in new construction and not try to tackle those uh because we're getting and it's so heartbreaking um you want to help build some of these communities and where the people's houses flood but you just can't help everybody um and we're just not geared up for that but it's it's heartbreaking to have to tell so many people no so you're you're the last month i've been telling people no and trying to help people that we can and trying to not be insensitive to the 
construction that we have Current going on, customers. Right. you know, cause you don't, you know, they're, they were, they were nervous, you know, is Paul going to just pick up and go work on whatever. Um, but no, we just trying to have that balance for help out who we can and, um, and continue on the way we're doing business. So, yeah, that's, you know, pretty powerful to even like think about having to, you know, make some of those choices <laughs> and, and obviously just the overwhelming demand out there for yeah. these things is yeah is man tough. it's giving me chills thinking about it you know you know when you're in it you don't really you know it's probably the first time i talk about it but it's um it's it's heavy you know trying to decide like you know who you can help you know and it's just it's tough um coming out of a hurricane like that that was pretty ravaging Thibodeau, where i live did i mean we had a lot of roof damage but you get south of here it was pretty bad you know lots of things just leveled so. Yeah, we had uh, an episode, I don't know, three or four episodes ago with Bill Gray from New Zealand, uh, and he talked about, you know, similar, you know, natural disasters. His was hurricanes and just like mm-hmm. going from, you're right, your hurricanes, this his hurricanes. was earthquakes. <laughs> I got my disasters mixed up. But yeah, the, the, the going from everything's fine to, you know, every house for miles and miles needs some type of repair in it. And overnight um, is crazy yeah. for people like us in nebraska to think about yeah our tornado yeah. That, yeah. it doesn't happen <laughs> oh geez you can't just say yeah. that oh no oh, no what did, I, what did i do um <laughs> uh, and you know with that, that that's kind of it's not really in the script necessarily but it's interesting in that episode we talked a lot about like how building has to adjust for those things i mean now when you're building your homes are like hurricane things considered when it co- codes is what oh, the word yeah. I was looking for. So, yeah. Yeah. So they, they changed the codes mega after Katrina. Yeah. I was going to say pretty like, much, pretty much any house built in the last 20 years did fine. I mean, you had some cosmetic damage, but nothing structural, but some of these thing places that were built pre Katrina were absolutely decimated, you know? So the codes are working, which is what you want. Right. Everybody kind of complained right. about it, but you know, it drives up building costs. But if you're going to, be 20 miles from the coast you know we had a 130 mile an hour winds here you know you need to be able to sustain that right you know? yeah that's interesting yeah. about the just the the wave effects like that happens you change and then it's like oh that, yeah okay i see mm-hmm. why we changed them now it makes sense it doesn't feel like it's a good <laughs> investment at the time but you know yeah. here we are yeah so i mean but we did well i mean all my projects you know um did very very well you know uh almost no damage on any of them uh my house did fine um so we were very fortunate i was very fortunate i would say so did builder trend play any facilitation to help kind of communicate these things while this the storm was kind of like ramping up and like what where's that place (laughs) the the downside of being a uh, web-based uh builder is that you need web and we didn't have <laughs> we didn't have we'll work offline mode let's make it happen at least at least to let you like let it I upload mean, later we had nothing i mean i even thought i was like my car has you know um you know wi-fi in it well the satellites and the at&t towers here were just absolutely destroyed you know so it took a long time for us to uh, we i mean we were in the dark for three or four days couldn't get in touch with customers couldn't get in touch with you know, anybody, family, you know, you had to go drive by the house, but, you know, 24 hour curfew, it just was, you know, it was, it was intense. Uh, but now look, now once, once we got, once I got the slightest glimpse of the internet, 
things started to roll in and things started to kind of, you know, it was only three or four days afterward, but you're like, we actually, can we go back? Can we go back to the dark? <laughs> I didn't have 400 yeah, emails I mean, in my inbox. Notifications had been blowing up. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. You know, a million voicemails. Um, but yeah, uh, we got out of it <laughs> and things are starting to kind of get to normal somewhat. And, so. You know, the, the saints are coming back now in new Orleans <laughs> right? things are getting back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Next topic here, yeah. (laughs) Well, Paul, we're getting pretty close to time here. This has been an awesome, uh, an awesome interview, an awesome episode. Uh, Fantastic to talk with. Uh, Before we we let you go, any final kind of uh, remarks or things you want to leave our listeners with? Um, Look, if I I think it's important for the early, uh, if anybody's early on in Builder Trend, to know that you know, keep leaning on those guys in Builder Trend. They they'll they'll help you out. Um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, you know, um, I'm trying to think of some of the names. Well, Taylor Henney for sure, um, was a, was a stri- extreme bulldog for me, uh, really pushed me over the edge on building. Sounds like her. Um, and then, um, just keep leaning on everybody and, um, they, y'all are there to help, um, and take it to the next limit, you know, because it doesn't be worth, it's a lot of work up front, but it, it it's easy once it's all done. You know. There you go. Love it. We'll appreciate the time, Paul. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll let you get going here. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks okay, for coming man. on. Best yeah. of luck to you and your family. And yeah, uh, man. we'll see you at your next BTU attendance. Yeah, man. I'll be there in October. Well, in a short period of time, two weeks. Yeah, we're excited to meet you in person. We'll see you there. Yeah, man. We'll see, see you, you then. Wow. Lot lot of ground covered in in that episode there, Charlie. Yeah, absolutely. That was my first time meeting Paul. Uh, I understand why he's such a legend around, you know, the Builder Trend office here. We're going to need to put up like a hall, Builder Trend Hall of Fame of our best users. And I think he probably would. We'll put him up there. We put it in we'll have like a nomination ceremony, the whole thing. Yeah. We'll just like get people in a room and like fight it out about who belongs in there. And I love that idea. We could do like a whole uh, like award ceremony for it. It'd be great. But the yeah. budget's going to be outstanding. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk with Danielle. Our producer will get our director involved. We'll get the whole thing. And just this outro is taking a little too long on this particular piece. <laughs> what did you learn, uh, Paul? Well, one, I, I was, you know, it's not really how we started the episode, but towards the end there, where we just started talking about building um, during a hurricane, you know, something that we never really think about here. And, and obviously, you know, incredibly sad that, you know, that much destruction can happen. But hearing Paul talk about how just how much he wants to give back and help as many people as you can, I think that relates really, really strongly to what we were originally talking about, which is just client relationship, caring about the people that you work for um, and, you know, making as big of an impact in the community as you can. So I, I thought it was, um, yeah, it, it was inspiring to hear him talk about, you know, what he does and you can tell he just like truly loves it. But very, very interesting episode. Uh, interested to hear what your takeaways were, Zach. Yeah, there's so many people out there that we've talked to on the podcast and other users that I've been exposed to that have such similar stories, similar backgrounds. I always just, I love hearing people when they start these companies and they're they're not in construction and had right. nothing in it. You hear it time and time again. And like, well, how many industries are out there? Can you just like break into, but there's so many important needed skills in order to execute in construction that I think it's a really cool 
thing in the construction industry of all these people of different experiences, right? Walks of life, different levels of education coming together and delivering dreams to people. And wow, there's not a lot of places or jobs that are like that. And yeah, that's, that's the really cool part when we talk to people like Paul is you can just see it and who he is and and the way that their company operates and there are countless of listeners builders out there who are the same way and it's just really really awesome to get to talk to people like that yeah that was a heartfelt statement but i you know i completely agree it's, it's something something in the air you know the fall weather the the pumpkin spice lattes are just making just me flowing just today bringing me a little little soft i love that well Paul will be in Omaha here in a couple of weeks for uh, Builder Train University. So super excited to see him. If any of our listeners out there are interested in learning more about Builder Train and meeting me and Zach, if you don't want to come here. I don't think the, we're the draw. The, the BCU, <laughs> that's Charlie. why I started laughing before I could even get it out. If you want to come have a meet and greet um, at the next Builder Train University, we will be here. But thanks again, Paul, uh, for being on the show today. Uh, I think that about does it for us. I'm Charlie. I'm Zach. And this is The Building Code. See ya.